like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. We've got some fun and beauty coming for today's Song of the Soul. I'll be visiting with three Quakers from Milwaukee Friends Meeting down in the southern corner of Wisconsin. I'm up in Eau Claire, halfway up the state on the western side. But I got involved with Quakers when I lived down by Milwaukee, so I keep in touch with them and was intrigued when I heard about a CD recording they'd made of the kind of music they share in the hour before Quaker silent or unprogrammed worship. So I got a hold of the six people whose voices you'll hear on the CD. You can contact me at nordenspiritradio.org if you'd like to order a copy. The music is simple and beautiful, and we'll be speaking with Andrea Jelly, Don Pardee, but first with Jim Schacht, who joins us by phone from Milwaukee. Jim, I'm so pleased you can be here again, actually, for Song of the Soul. Thank you, and you're welcome, and it was fun to share this work and pleasure that we did. I was pleased that you listened to it and wanted to do this again. Well, how could I not? I love so many of the songs. They're things that we sing up here in Eau Claire Friends Meeting. You did this as part of a project for Milwaukee Friends Meeting, which is, of course, where I started out with back in 1980 or maybe 1972. Give me a little capsule of the history of singing before meeting at Milwaukee Friends Meeting. Well, when I started, I uh, was raised Congregationalist, had just been engaged in a variety of church shopping, which is an interesting project, including asking the question of ministers, when's the last time they spoke about Job and what did they say? And since basically everybody flunked that because they never talk about Job, I figured that that was one of my reasons to go to a non-programmed meeting because if they're not going to talk about the nature of evil or why bad things happen, then what am I doing there? When I was raised in my family, music is the one thing we could share. Currently, of my siblings, and I've just lost one, but I have a basically an atheist, an Episcopalian, a Congregationalist, a Catholic, and me. So that was one thing that we could share. And at meeting almost, it's about 25 years ago now, then I asked and they supported me starting singing before meeting. Originally, it was just 20 minutes, but one of the people that started singing with me, Shirley Johnson, decided that that was way too little and so that she first encouraged me to extend it first 15 minutes and then another 15 minutes. That's part of how we started. I consider it meeting for worship for singing. And it has a variety of attributes of 
meaningful worship, including the great importance of listening and paying attention to what other people are doing. And I'm afraid it also has the attribute that when people are singing off-key, you need to continue to uh, figure out how to sing in tune despite their efforts to get you off. <laughs> well, why don't you give us an example? Which song would you like to start with? Part of the reason for anything being on it is that it was a gift from somebody in the past. Aloha Rose is absolutely wonderful harmony. This reminds me of my mother who got us all singing. And the altar part on Loha Rose is absolutely beautiful. And I always wanted to make sure with my mother that she, you know, would have a chance to do that because often because there were more boys than girls would be singing soprano. But I wanted to make sure that my mother could sing the alto. It's a Christmas carol normally, but it, it's just absolutely wonderful four-part harmony. And the song is Lo Hawa Rose Air Blooming, performed here by several folks from Milwaukee Friends Meeting. Lohawa Rose Air Blooming. Jim Schacht is with me right now as part of this edition of Song of the Soul, where we're going to be featuring a number of songs that are sung pretty often, I guess you'd say, in Milwaukee Friends Meeting, almost all of them a cappella in this case. Could you talk about that, Jim? Why a cappella versus guitar? What makes music specifically Quaker Meeting for Worship music? Well, when I was starting the singing, I was trying to figure out, since Quakers don't traditionally have singing, what would feel like Quaker singing? And one of the things is it doesn't have a leader. Well, I start and end it, and I'll have to acknowledge that if we Drake, especially with Shirley's alive and even um, afterlife presence, that I don't like things to drag. We would do it a variety of things. The folk songs we would do with guitar, because that they seem suitable for that. And the hymns, they're not written for guitar, and the hymns don't work with guitar. A variety of the people, particularly when you have a soprano like Andrea, who is in pitch so well, and it's so easy to sing with, and then let, thankfully I have a daughter who can sing that way too, then it's much easier to sing around it, because the bass part, which I tend to sing that way, you have to tune it 
and the soprano needs to be in pitch, then when you have people that can hold their own parts, and there also is the thing that in acapella you can hear each other better. And one of the things that, to me, is very Quaker about how we've done it is how much you need to listen to each other and how much that it's the listening and singing your own part is something that's very good analogy for life. You don't have to sing all the parts. You don't have to sing the same part as somebody else. But if you're listening to other people and it's connection, then you can sing in harmony and it sounds better than if everybody's singing the same thing. That sounds pretty Quaker to me. One of the things I had the question about was the songs that you picked, both for the CD that the several of you produced together, but also for sharing today, how important are lyrics? I mean, you mentioned that one of the things that you were looking for as you went from church to church, trying to find a place where you feel like you fit. So theology is clearly important to you personally. How much does theology come into the songs that you pick? And could you give us another one as an example? Talk about a great segue. That was perfect. The next song I was going to talk about was Dear Lord and Father, based on a poem by Whittier. I consider it a very subversive song because it's a very Quaker song that we sang growing up in the Congregational Church. The still, small voice of calm is still as good an explanation as to what we're listening for in meeting as anything else. When we have new people, my quickie Quaker course is to sing for them George Fox and Dear Lord and Father and figure if they understand those two, then everything else is just details and so that we got it covered regarding the still small voice of calm, but also has, reminds me of Shirley, as you've heard many things do, because she said when she was growing up, her church had a bit of trouble with the passion, and so they changed the line, the heats of our desire, to the hearts of our desire, because they didn't want the heat in there. And so whenever I hear that line as well, I think of Shirley. One of the things that I had a question about, I... I get it. You know, Whittier was Quaker, and so obviously his lyrics resonate from that place. But Dear Lord and Father is so male, and a lot of us Quakers not only see, you know, God as genderless. I mean, some people don't even use the word God. How does that resonate in Milwaukee Meeting or with you personally? Okay, well, they have the alternative first line. In general, in the Quaker hymnal, they've done a tremendous job of finding ways that don't have that. But the first line of Dear Lord and Father is just so much that song, and it's so much authentic in that part, that I think I and my fellow Quakers can live with that one line to listen to the rest of it. So I don't mind, and matter of fact, I'm comfortable. I am I am ridiculously, my soul is, for some reason, is ridiculously Christian, even though my mind isn't. I mean, I <laughs> don't see. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's not, you know, I've tried to be Native American or something, and my party says, yeah, that's all well and good, but it's not you. <laughs> you know, so I say, drafts, you know, it would be nice to be, you know, to have those things, but it just doesn't work. But when I go to a traditional church, the exclusiveness of the language startles me. Well, the song is Dear Lord and Father of Mankind. We're talking with Jim Schacht, and this is a group of singers from Milwaukee Friends Meeting. Dear Lord and Father of Mankind, forgive our foolish. 
Those of you who spent your time around churches perhaps know Dear Lord and Father of Mankind. I actually didn't know it, Jim, as I was growing up because I grew up Catholic and we didn't sing it at the Catholic Church. One of the first discussions I remember with you, I, I'd known your brother, Chuck, ahead of time, but I hadn't met you until you showed up at Milwaukee Friends Meeting. The first thing I recall you asking me about was, what Quakers thought about Jung, about Carl Jung and Jungian philosophy or Jungian theology or whatever we want to call it. How important is that in terms of the kind of theology that goes into the music you choose? Well, Jung wasn't a songwriter, and he did not know how to write a good bass part, so that kind of restricted <laughs> uh, <Okay>. that uh, <laughs> situation. It was very important that there was a sense of that combination of theology and other, other uh, that they weren't dealing with young either. And I remember that there was some booklet or whatever indicating that it was something that fit in with being a Quaker, and that was something that was important when I started out. As I've gone along in being a Quaker, I am an administrative law judge during the day, and that's how I make my money. I live on that side of the brain. When I go to meeting... I want to deal with my soul and my heart. And so the songs, both the singing and the other things about it, are what touch me, what move me, what feel like they make me closer to God. If they do that, if there's something about the music which brings me closer to God, then I'm not going to quibble much, that much with the theology. There's a variety of places where there are things that you can and it makes sense to cut out and there's some kinds of things where because of the association we just won't sing them but that's a kind of a last resort could you talk jim about the whole set and if people are interested in this music i mean why did you put the cd together it was a combination of a leading frankly a wanting to look at on a limited budget what I might be able to do to support the meeting and the uh, AFSC, FCNL gift shop. That's always the first Friday and Saturday in December. If you're in Milwaukee, please come down and shop at it. It's a shameless plug there. And an opportunity to get together and to sing these with some of my favorite people including that my daughter, and I'm lucky enough to have a 17-year-old who still likes to come to meeting and still likes to sing with me, and how lucky can you get with that, and also to provide a connection to meeting for those who can't get to meeting and those people who don't know these songs. So there are multiple reasons for these. And in addition, if I can teach other people these songs, then maybe more people will come for meeting for worship for singing at 9.15, and that every time somebody is added, it's a more joy. So if you're in Milwaukee as well, any Sunday, 9.15, come and sing with me. That's another shameless plug. I love those shameless plugs. You know, Jim, there's an awful lot of folks who I think probably don't attend Quaker meeting because singing is so dear to them, and they figure if they go and sit in silence for an hour with a bunch of Quakers, 
that their life will be devoid of the thing that brings them closest to God. And maybe even that's part of your experience. I don't know. How well would meeting for worship function without singing before it? How important is this? I don't believe I'd still be going to the meeting if there wasn't this bridge. I mean, I need the singing both as something that I can bring to meeting because everybody needs to feel like they have something to give. To me, saying that I want you here or that you're welcome here as long as you don't sing would not work. (laughs) It's a necessary part of my religious life. Well, I can't help but agree with you. Give us one more song, and then we'll go over to Don and Andrea. Okay, the next song is God of Grace and God of Glory, and this has all the attributes that I've been talking about. First of all, it's got a kick-ass bass part. Second of all, it's got some wonderful lyrics, including save us from weak resignation of the evils we deplore. I mean, that sounds pretty good to me. And also it's got a connection to somebody else. Uh, it's a shout-out to Jeff Johnson, who was a ex-Lutheran minister, who for a while came and got us going on this piece. I think that we have learned something about joy. We may have lost other things, but one of the reasons why we sing and dance is because, to me, leadings lead to joy. If you don't get to the joy, then you don't got the leadings quite right, in my humble estimation. And I don't know how you can get to joy or deal with joy if you don't sing or dance. We'll end off our mini-interview here with Jim Schacht by the song that he picked out that he shares at Milwaukee Friends Meeting. It's God of Grace. Thanks so much, Jim, for joining me for Song of the Soul. You're very welcome. God of grace and God of glory, on thy people pour thy power, crown thy name. I hate to do a little bait and switch, but to hear the full rendition of God of Grace, you'll have to go to nordenspiritradio.org and look for the bonus excerpts for this program. And while you're there, you'll also find a couple other songs and parts of the interviews that I just couldn't fit into this broadcast. Also, while you're visiting, check out the past eight years of Norden Spirit Radio programs, listen to them and download them, post comments, and maybe make a donation. And always, and I mean always, remember to support your local community radio station. It's unequaled value with exceptional programming. We just spoke with Jim Schacht, and now we'll call up Don Pardee, another of the singers contributed to the music that we're sharing for today's Song of the Soul. Don, I'm glad you could join me again for Song of the Soul. My pleasure, Mark. Of course, we had a full-length interview with you a couple years back. You keeping up with the music world? You getting out performing, recording? What are you doing? Yeah, the latest thing that I've been involved with for about the last year now, I've been playing with the Party Boys, and it's my brother Jack Party and another Quaker named Daryl Smith. And the three of us play the second Friday of every month at the Sherman Kirk Coffee House, and we play every other month at the People's Bookstore in River West, uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We've been having a lot of fun. We work on three-part harmonies, and, and I play guitar. Daryl plays the fiddle, sometimes does some hand percussion. And my brother Jack plays a bowline, which is an Irish drum. You can find our music on thepartyboys.com. Thepartyboys.com, okay. And that's P-A-R-D-E-E. I'll put the link on my website. 
Well, another thing that you did, Don, evidently, is you recorded the songs that I've been sharing today for Song of the Soul. Could you pick out some of these songs to share, you know, ones that you're particularly passionate about or connected to? What would you like to start with? I would start with Give Yourself to Love. It's a song by Kate Wolf. To me, that song speaks to what it feels like to be a Quaker. It starts with, kind friends all gather around. There's something I would say, what brings us together here has blessed us all this day. And so there's this feeling of community that is just so prevalent in, in the Quaker faith and the fact that we gather together in a circle. So a lot of the phraseology that Kate Wolf uses could have come right out of a faith and practice for the Quaker meeting. <laughs> have you been connected with Quakers a long time? You know, as it turns out, my wife, Linda, was a student, a grad student at UWM in anthropology, and she had to do an ethnography on a group, and she was deciding whether to be interviewing people at a restaurant or or at a nursing home or at a religious service, and so she ended up interviewing people at the Quaker meeting and basically really enjoyed it and said to me, you know, why don't you come along and we'll, you know, sit and listen to what's going on here. That was 19 years ago and we're very involved in that community. Well, I think it's time to listen to that music. It's written by Kate Wolf, performed here by a group of six folks from Milwaukee Friends Meeting, including Don Pardee, Jim Schacht, Andrea Jelly, Sally Dugarian, Kay Augustine, and Jennifer Dahlquist. Give yourself to love. Kind friends all gathered round What brings us together here has blessed us all today. Love has made a circle that holds us all inside. Where strangers are as family and loneliness can't hide. You must give yourself to love. If love is what you're after, open up your Yeah. 
Song of the Soul. Today we're talking to three different people from Milwaukee Friends Meeting. And right now we're with Don Pardee, and he selected Give Yourself to Love. And you know, Don, it's kind of interesting. I had never thought of that song as particularly apropos to Quakers, but Dear Friends All Gathered Round. Of course, a lot of people in the world just use friend as a regular word as opposed to the official name of the denomination. You're a folk singer originally. Is that what your roots are? I was actually a trumpet player starting in fifth grade in Old Sabre, Connecticut, started playing the trumpet. And then I played in high school, junior high, senior high bands and whatnot, and then ended up attending the University of Connecticut, where I was a music major, studied trumpet, and played in the symphony orchestra for three years at UConn, and also played in the brass ensemble there, played in uh, various rock bands after I graduated from college, played in R&B bands and, and large stage bands, what they used to call a, a stage band, like a Count Basie orchestra kind of thing. And then um, when I started teaching music in a, in a junior, senior high school, they had a guitar club, and the students said, well, you'd be great at playing the guitar. So I started taking lessons basically from my students, and over the years developed a reasonable repertoire. And so now I do a variety of, of songs, some that I've written myself, but also some that I just find to be intriguing, James Taylor, Billy Joel, and some more of the, the newer artists that are out there. I just really love uh, the ability to harmonize with people, and that's what kind of drew me to the, the Quaker singing that takes place on Sunday morning before the services. Did you grow up with religious stuff? Did you? I mean, a lot of the other folks in Milwaukee meetings seem to like the old hymns, and are, are those something that you caught into? Oh, I, I very much enjoy a good hymn. I think over the last almost 20 years now, going to the, the sing occasionally, you know, we'll be singing Bach in four parts. And because some of these folks that you mentioned earlier who sang on the recording, they know their part and they know it cold. And so when you get in a group and you can sing along with them, it's really a treat. I mean, recording them was pretty painless. I mean, we basically set up some microphones and a Zoom H2. I don't know if you've ever seen these recorders, but they're lovely little things. And we set up a Zoom H2 in our dining room, and we basically had the mic stands around, and people came in, and they stood there, and we would say, this is the song we're going to do, and they just started singing. And we just turned on the recorder, and that's basically what you get with a lot of this music. So as an example, one of the songs I think you'll probably play tonight or this afternoon it will be For the Beauty of the Earth. It's a song written by Foley at Pierpoint in 1864. It used the, the melody from another song, but incorporated just the thing that has become famous over the years. Some people use it as an alternative anthem. My brother Jack assisted with that actual recording session, kind of rode the board and uh, tweaked things a little bit. So it was a kind of a family affair, and we really enjoyed ourselves. And the singers were just delightful to be around, and, and they've got such nice voices, and they blend so well. So it was really a pleasure. So do you think we should play For the Beauty of the Earth? Would that be a good one to finish your contribution to this Song of the Soul? Absolutely. Sounds good, Mark. Okay, For the Beauty of the Earth, and this is recorded by Don Pardee. He's one of the singers, part of a group at Milwaukee Friends Meeting. The kind of songs they sing weekly, For the Beauty of the Earth. For the beauty of the earth, for the glory of the skies, for the love which from our birth over and over 
A lot of folks know it. It's also sung in Milwaukee on Gordon Place on Sunday mornings pretty frequently. Don, thank you so much for recording. This is this project wouldn't have happened without your efforts, uh, your talents, in fact. So thanks for joining me for Song of the Soul. You're welcome, Mark. My pleasure. And just so you listeners know, there's one of the songs that Don Pardee had for sharing today that we couldn't fit in our limited time. So go to nordenspiritradio.org, find this song of the Soul program, and look for the bonus excerpts, including the interview and music for the George Fox song. But right now, we'll bring up our last Milwaukee Quaker guest for today, Andrea Jelly. She's one of the six singers on this CD produced by Milwaukee Meeting. Go to my site or contact me to order a copy of the CD, a fundraising project for American Friends Service Committee and Friends Committee on National Legislation. It's a fun and beautiful way to learn some beautiful songs. Right now, we go to the phones in Milwaukee to join Andrea Jelly of Milwaukee Quakers. Andrea, I'm so glad you could join me today for Song of the Soul. I'm glad to be able to be joining you too. You're part of music making down there at Milwaukee Meeting. Do you have a history with singing, like being in choir, that kind of thing? Yeah, pretty much. I've been singing for the majority of my life. I definitely started singing by about eight or so. As a child, we were typically part of evangelical denominations. Uh, I think we joined a Baptist church when I was eight. Before that, we were Episcopalian, but I don't remember doing a lot of singing (laughs) at that point. But the evangelical denominations, singing is a huge part of worship, so... I was always singing hymns in church, singing worship choruses and that kind of thing, then singing in choirs in school and in church later in my life. Did you go straight from being Baptist or Evangelical to being Quaker? (laughs) Um, Not quite, no. There were many years. We joined the Baptist Church when I was eight, and I spent, as I said, most of my childhood, high school years being Evangelical even going to Bible college. I was going to be a missionary way back then, and then things changed a bit. I came home and moved away from from that whole scene, I guess, and 
for a while just wasn't a part of any church at all and did a little seeking. Found a lot of places where I was relatively comfortable, but the Quakers, when I went there, the first time I went to a worship service meeting, I just knew that I was in the right place. So it was a I think I'd had enough of my life of getting sermons and being preached at and getting messages and reading the Bible. I, I kind of knew all that back and forward, and, and my theology had changed somewhat by that time. And so by the time I got to Quaker meeting, which was about six, seven years ago, I became a member fairly quickly because I just sat in my first silent meeting and, and knew that it was the right place for me to be. The theology's wide enough and rich enough for you? I mean, sometimes I think you can throw the baby out with the bathwater. You don't feel like you lost the baby? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I think it can be challenging at our particular meeting because, you know, Quaker meetings vary so widely. Our meeting in Milwaukee is, I'd say, on the on the liberal side theologically, where there are friends there who may not believe in God and some who come from backgrounds more like mine. For me, I do feel like there's a depth and a richness there. I think it helps that there are groups of people who have similar beliefs and have helped me find a place. The hard part for me was because I think I probably threw out a lot of my past because I didn't know quite what to do with the Bible and so forth. When I wasn't going to take it literally, I didn't quite know how to how to keep it, you know. So I've had a lot of friends at meetings who read a lot of the sort of Jesus seminar, uh, Marcus Borg kind of books who kind of follow that philosophy of, you know, sort of not taking the Bible as literally and maybe not as strong a belief in the divinity of Jesus, but still believing in God and following Jesus' teachings. And that's been a great central point for me to sort of find a, a depth and a new place for me to still read the Bible, to still connect with a lot of what I grew up believing and yet not always be mentally struggling with how to fit the Bible in if I don't take it 100% literally. And then in the silent worship, you know, there's just always a connection and a depth there, and spirit is there, regardless of whether people have the, quite exactly the same theology or not. So, Mary Lord, in the session she's leading, I, I noticed those in the announcement sheets. Yeah, and Mary is one of those great mentors for me in that regard. She and I have, have talked a lot about the Jesus Seminar, about Marcus Borg. I think she's the one who first introduced me to a lot of that, which has been really helpful to me. So you know I've interviewed Marcus Borg. He's been one of my guests for my Spirit in Action programs. So I get to cover a lot of this theology. And obviously music is a big part of this for you. There's something about connecting with the Spirit through music. Weren't you deterred from going to Quaker meeting because there's not official singing as part of the worship? You know, it helped that my first exposure to Quakers was the Milwaukee meetings. You know, ever since I've been going, they've had this morning time. So it you know, knowing that that was there, and actually my very first exposure to Quaker meeting was coming to singing before, and so being with Jim and Kay and the rest of them and singing the first time, I was a little nervous when I first came because I had no idea what they would sing or what it would be, so I was kind of surprised to see some of my familiar hymns in there, although some of them are rewritten <laughs> because with new words, which is fine with me most of the time. Occasionally, it's not quite fine with me, but we sing, uh, you know, based on the... Um, the the friends and knowledge forgetting the name of it for a second. I like having the singing before worship, and then occasionally there is spontaneous singing during worship. We're not strict about that, but yeah, it 
it helps that my first exposure was to a meeting that firmly embraces music. I, it's been a little odd when I've gone to other meetings that don't have any musical outlet. That does feel a little odd to me because it's always been important to me. Well, I'm glad you've got that outlet there. Share some of that music with us. You know, you've got the whole CD of recordings that Don put together, recording you and five other folks. What song did you pick out to share for Song of the Soul? Well, we've got a few songs that I, well, all the songs in there I love, but the one that probably that I'm most connected to is one that I learned first when I came to Quaker Meeting, uh, which is Lone Wild Bird. That's one that when I first came to meeting, I probably at my first meeting, Jim would sing it out as we were settling into worship. So it's one of those songs that's kind of our transition song, which is unusual for a Quaker meeting as well. Lone Wild Bird just struck me. It's such a great song of connection with God and not and God kind of keeping you and protecting you no matter where you go or how far away you go. And that's just been such a great story for my life and such a great connection to me. Coming to that first meeting and sort of feeling like I was reconnecting with God was perfect for me. It's Lone Wild Bird. That's a performance of Lone Wild Bird by six folks from Milwaukee Friends Meeting in Wisconsin. Andrea Jolly is here with us today sharing part of her song of the soul. We've previously heard from Jim Schacht and Don Pardee. And Andrea's capping this off. So Lone Wild Bird, a song that you learned only at Quakers. I guess you've got a pretty wide repertoire if you've done Baptist, Episcopal. I mean, you, you've sung a lot of things. You're kind of a folk singer. I mean, you get out and sing the circuit, too, don't you? I Don was telling me that just a f- couple few weeks ago you were out performing somewhere. I was. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I performed the circuit yet. I've only had three public performances 
so far. I had two that were part of the coffee house in Milwaukee, the 19th Street Coffee House. It was part of their talent contest in the winter. Uh, I didn't win, but I did get into the final. So that was my first my first two public performances by myself with my ukulele. I play a, a gourd banjo ukulele, so it's a little unusual, and sing. And then recently, Jim and I had a performance together on uh, May 3rd, where we were performing some songs from the Newport Folk Festival in 1959. So that was a treat. So that was those have been my first performances. I do connect with a lot of local folk jams in the Milwaukee area, which is what I really love, to just make music with other people. So yeah, it is a fairly wide repertoire <laughs> of music, for sure. Do you mind if I ask you your age? Oh, I'm 40. So you weren't around for the Newport Folk Festival. You didn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> no, in fact, I perform a lot of a lot of the music that I'm drawn to was well before I was born. I like to sing a lot of Hank Williams. I like to sing a lot of old Carter family songs. For some reason, I don't know, I always grew up connected to something older than me. Uh, you know, I grew up singing hymns, so it seems uh, I've never really connected I enjoy popular music, but it was funny. I also play with the Milwaukee Ukulele Club. We were just last night actually recording some YouTube videos, and some people were playing songs that are current, and I just kind of laugh because it's never been my forte to play anything current. So <laughs> I guess the old stuff suits my voice or something. I always joke that my songs also tend to be about, you know, the gospel songs, a lot of them are about heaven or death, or um, so a lot of my songs tend to be a little bit on the morbid side. <laughs> and bluegrass, <laughs> bluegrass is a little on the morbid side, so the happy stuff doesn't often come my way. But <laughs> well, well, share another song. Are you going to give us a morbid one to sing? You know, I don't I don't think I picked any morbid ones, so we're good. But, the, yeah, why don't we play the Great Is My Faithfulness? That's definitely a song from my childhood. That's a hymn that was well-loved in almost every denomination I've been a part of. Actually, I, when uh, my mom passed away two years ago, she had gone back to attending the Catholic Church uh, right before she passed away, and so she had her funeral service in the in the Catholic Church, and I was responsible for picking out some songs, and I had a little challenge because I don't know Catholic hymns, but there were a couple that we could find, and How Great Thou Art was one of her favorites, but also Great Is Thy Faithfulness was actually one of the options. So that's a song that I just, I grew up loving. It was one of my mom's favorites, too. It's actually one that I've often sung to myself when I'm going through difficult times or have to wait for something or where things are uncertain. It's just always been a source of comfort for me. So it's been a joy to sing that with the others in Quaker meeting as well. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Sun, moon, and stars in their courses of 
cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with ten thousand beside. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Great song, greatly sung. Great is thy faithfulness is the song sung by six folks from Milwaukee Meeting. How often do you get all six of you together there on a Sunday morning? Do you actually get up and do all your harmonies and such together, or is this just spontaneous group singing informal? Well, it's spontaneous and informal, and yet there's harmony that happens. I have the easy part because since I sing soprano, I never have to know harmony. That works out for me, and I've gotten a little lazy, actually, about reading music these days now that I just sing soprano, but we're lucky to often have... um, Often it's Kay and Sally and Jim and I. Um, Jennifer, when we can get her these days, she used to be with us all the time, but these days she's often away at school, so it's a little less often that we get to sing with her. And Don is with us when he can be, and we're always thrilled when we get to sing with Don as well. But definitely the core of us, when we are together, Jim always makes sure to pull out all the good harmony songs, so we get a lot of harmony singing together on those hymns. Well, we got time for one more. What do you want to finish off your contribution to the Song of the Soul with, Andrea? The last one that I would talk about is Blessed Quietness. That's a song that I also learned, a hymn, I guess, technically, that I didn't know, though, before I came to the Quaker meeting. And that's another one that we often transition into the silent worship with, or unprogrammed worship, rather. And that song is just, to me, such a beautiful it so sort of fits what we do at meeting, and yet I was kind of surprised to find it in my old evangelical hymnal. I never knew it existed before. In the last verse of that song, there's a beautiful line about what a wonderful salvation where we always see God's face. That just has touched me ever since I first heard it. To me, it's so... What I, One of the things that kind of connects my old evangelical history with my current Quaker history is that belief that you can have this experiential sort of face-to-face relationship with God, and that's been a beautiful part of my spiritual experience and a beautiful part of that song. So it's always really connected with me in that regard. Did you connect with quietness before you came to Quaker Meeting? Because, you know, I grew up Catholic, and for the first 10 years of my life, there was Latin Mass, which really prepares one for silence. You, when you don't understand what's going on, you, there's an alternate kind of meditative mode that you go into. Did you have some experience with quietness, with centering in that way? That's a good question. Uh, definitely in evangelical services, there is very little quietness. In fact, all the prayer is public and worship is sung and, and so forth. So there was very little of that growing up. But in the few years before I got to Quaker meeting, I have always been drawn to doing a lot of reading from Zen Buddhist authors and Buddhist authors in general. And I had attended a few mindfulness meditation sessions. And, you know, it wasn't quite where I wanted to be, the Buddhist meditation, but I had practiced a little bit of meditation. I have to say that 
sitting quietly was not my strong point before I got to Quaker meeting. Uh, in fact, I was always more comfortable with walking meditation than sitting meditation. So I was kind of shocked when I made it through my first Quaker meeting. But as, <laughs> <laughs> but since then, it's actually become just such a joy. Uh, you know, I may occasionally fall asleep, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> uh, but, but it's been such a joy for me to, to sit quietly because it's not a natural state for me. Well, let's put our listening audience to sleep. We've been talking with Andrea Jelly. She's the last of three people that we've been visiting with, all part of Milwaukee Friends Meeting. They recorded songs that six of them recorded together, beautiful songs that they share on a Sunday morning before the meeting for worship. This one is Blessed Quietness. Andrea, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Mark, and it's just thank you for having us on, and it's just been a joy to talk about it and with a joy to record it with these friends. Blessed quietness. Joys are flowing like a river since the comforter has come who abides with us forever makes the trusting heart a home. Blessed quietness, holy quietness, what a Speaking peace to me, how the blow to roll. 
The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy, let in the light, it will heal you. And you can feel you and sing out a song of the soul.